0: Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast which we disassemble a film from the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute segments and then examine in obsessive and occasionally hilarious detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society podcast. Hey, and
1: I'm Rob Cabasco and Kyle. Yes, sir. You know, every once in a while, there's an episode of the Marvel Movie Minute that, how should I put this, Hmm. maybe lowers our maturity as full-grown adults into a less refined period of our adolescent experiences.
0: Mm, Yes. This... Is
1: going to be one of those
0: minutes. (laughs) And so we thought since there's going to be such rampant sexism happening over the next couple of things, maybe we shouldn't have this episode be so dude heavy. So I asked my friend Brooke to be in. So joining us for these episodes is my friend Brooke Underfirth. Hey guys. Hey.
1: There she is.
2: You can't see me. I'm wearing a feminist now
1: shirt. (laughs) Now, you know, okay, this is a good thing because my my opening on this, you know, I always try to pull some sort of ridiculous like trivia that deals with this minute with deals with the minute we're about to discuss. Mm-hmm. Um sporting goods. More <laughs> more specifically, oh, I it. more specifically purveyors of sporting goods. Mm-hmm. Now look at, if you go across the globe, people play sports and they have to buy equipment to play sports. Let's say you're in Australia. You may go to a rebel or a sportsman's warehouse to buy your sporting goods. Let's say you're in Italy. You may shop at a decathlon, right? All these purveyors. Now, if you're in the United States, you most likely will visit, safely might I add, a Dick's. (laughs) Now, you may say to yourself, Dick's Sporting Goods. How did they get that name? Dick's Sporting Goods was founded in 1948 by an 18-year-old man named Dick Stack. Oh, okay. Did not make that up. He was an avid <laughs> sportsman. He uh, worked in an in an army surplus store in Binghamton, New York. He's an avid fisherman. All these different things, and basically, uh, he got into a weird argument with the store owner when he was a young man, and uh, the the store owner was basically very dismissive of his ideas. He quit, went to his grandmother, borrowed three hundred dollars, and began the Dick Sports Sporting Goods Empire.
2: Is it and is, is it his son that took it over?
1: Yes, actually, it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it is. It is the the son who is now right now the CEO. So is of that. Dick Stack retired or is he no longer with us? Uh, Dick, he's passed. He's passed. passed. Yes,
2: uh, his son has written a book about uh, running the business and some of the political stances that they've taken within the company. Yes. And he's been on a lot of podcasts, so that's how I actually know some of the. Hmm. Like one of the ways that they would find, sorry, I'm completely going to talk no, about no, it. This, take your this, is, this is what we do here. <laughs> um, they would go out and around the neighborhoods. Uh, sorry. They would go around the neighborhoods and see what was the, who had kids and where they had kids. That's where they would decide where to build a Dick's sporting goods. Cause where there's children, there's going to be activities. Yeah.
1: And I can speak to this uh, as a father of a daughter. Uh, When my daughter was younger, uh, early middle school age, she was big into soccer. We'd go to these soccer games. And one of the soccer uh, things we went to where I think they had to have their team photos taken, there was a man uh, walking around all the places of all the families with a handful of papers and exclaiming to everyone, coupons for dicks. (laughs) I have coupons for dicks. And I will never forget my young daughter turning around to look at me and going... <laughs> Again, did I did I mention yeah. did I mention this episode is going to be a little uh, anyway uncomfortable? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so Brooke, tell a little bit about your history with uh, this Iron Man two. And uh, well, did you see it originally it came out? Of course, I did. <laughs> of course, I did. Uh, I am a big fan of the
2: MCU. Um, I do my nerd Fred does not extend to the comic books. I don't read a lot of comic. I read more modern comic mm. books now um most of the stuff on my shelf is like image um but i have like uh gotten into like a lot of greg garson mm-hmm. writing specifically um uh the work he did on like wonder mm-hmm. woman and uh the stuff he did away from it but i also have read um g willow wilson's Ms. Mm-hmm. marvel as well as um her name is captain marvel kelly oh, yeah.
0: so yeah
2: so i've read some of that stuff um everything that I have learned about Iron Man has come basically from whatever I've done and researching cause I've watched the movies. So, um, and a lot of research happened between Iron Man one and two because, Oh my God, you got to fill that gap. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, and I didn't treat, I did not treat the Hulk as part of I still don't treat it as part of the MCU though. I know it is.
0: Well, if you want to deep dive into Hulk without having to watch the movie again, you should listen to Marvel Movie Minutes Season 2.
2: <laughs> uh, believe it or not, I actually was today oh, because right I was doing preparing brunch <laughs> because I was like, well, if I'm going to go on a podcast, I should at least know what these
0: guys do. Oh.
1: <laughs> and and do you? Because <laughs> I don't think we know what we do. No.
2: <laughs> I learned more about your guys' love for Tim Roth than, <laughs> like, anything. <laughs> Tim, oh, Roth. Tim Roth, I know. So I think that's an interesting segue into this movie because it's talk about let's talk about taking amazing actors and treating them yeah. like
0: crap. Because <laughs> here we are at minute twenty-four of Iron Man Two from two thousand and ten. Uh, And directed by Mr. John Favreau. Uh, So it is now May 13th, 2010 in movie continuity time. Uh, We heard a a drumbeat start uh, at the end of the last minute, but it continues on. And it turns out that is the opening uh, licks to The Magnificent Seven by The Clash from their triple album Sandinista, released in 1980. So Tony Stark continuing his love for classic rock. Uh, and so we hear, we see we're following Pepper as she walks down into this. We're still in Tony's house, but this is a room we have not seen before. This is his gym. Uh, and so it's they did some ADR here. So one <laughs> another weird editing thing, because we hear her with the back of her head say, the notary is here. Can you please come sign the transfer paperwork? Uh, and so as we see, then, Tony is in the ring sparring with Happy, which is really a cool nod because in the comics, Happy was an ex-boxer that Tony hired there, too. So uh, they make a joke about MMA, uh, which is it's interesting because RDJ actually studies Wing Chun Kung Fu. Uh, he started doing it, uh, as part of actually his recovery. He says, this is one of the things that he did. I was
2: going to say, got to keep that sobriety, That's right. buddy. Uh,
0: so he, he, uh, is, uh, trained by a guy named Eric Orham, uh, who also has worked in Hollywood. he's worked on pretty much all of RDJ's movies uh, after that. So he worked on Sherlock Holmes and he actually, uh, helped choreograph the fight that happens in civil war uh, between Iron Man and Captain America oh. and stuff too. So he did so that, uh, so this technique Wing Chun is actually created by Yip Man, uh, which you might have seen. He's the guy that trained Bruce Lee and they have, now has a series of films, um, that's, uh, starring Donnie Ewan um, that has been around and, uh, Donnie Yuen was recently in Mulan. So all right. it's all one big cyclical kind of thing. Uh, so that's what it
2: So I, I don't have
0: daughters, and I don't have <laughs> children, so I have not seen oh, a lot. Okay. And, and you don't have $30 to spend on Disney Plus? <laughs> I got $30. I just don't feel like watching along. <laughs> that's another
1: conversation. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's a thing, another thing. <laughs> I'll be on that movie a right. minute, too. <laughs> uh, but uh, as, we, as we see, uh, we're following in the gym. Boy, Rob, something about this really makes me want to buy Everlast. Wow, really, right? Right. Um, big old Everlast that, commercial that cash registers are ringing because, boy, that logo is everywhere. In now, OK, shots.
1: now they are in a standard uh, sort of boxing ring that traditionally has like uh, the, the rope wraps and the corner uh, coverings. So, I mean, that's not completely out of the out of the ordinary for that. But it yeah, it's a huge product placement.
0: Yeah. I mean, so uh, Everlast was created in 1910. Uh, it was originally created to um, make swimsuits. Somebody said, yeah. Hey, I want a swimsuit to last more than a year. And they said, I can do that and created it. And they became famous for that. Then in 1917, a young Jack Dempsey said, Hey, can you make headgear that can last more than 15 rounds? They said, Yes, we can. It will last ever. Uh, so then, from then, they become a a uh, a name and all the things, and and after that, it just gets super boring in terms of like corporate buyouts and who owns who and that kind of thing. But
1: <laughs> their products are sold across more than seventy five countries and yes. six continents.
0: Yeah, so I'm still going strong. And the name of a rapper who's a member of the House of Pain. Oh, good. Just pool. to make sure that you know that we knew we co- we covered everything. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Honestly, when you said the word Everlast, the word product the product placement didn't really hit my head, and I did think of the rapper uh-huh. first.
0: <laughs> Everlast, that's my name. My new unique rhyme style is my claim to fame. Your white is showing. <laughs> <laughs> Everlast is also white, so I think I'm, I can get yes, away me. with that. Um, and now we have what we've all come here to see, the entrance of one Miss Scarlett Johansson. Woo! welcome to the mcu scarlet um so at the time she was 24 years old wow yeah, like wow <laughs> mm-hmm. man like i don't think i could have this this i was i wasn't as good at anything at 24 as she is at acting so uh, her first film was north starring elijah Wood. Do remember north Directed by Rob Reiner. Va- vaguely. Huge oh,
2: I, I could see the, but I could see the movie yep. poster.
0: You probably, you, and you're probably thinking uh, of uh, Bruce Willis in a bunny suit. No, no. Okay. <laughs> I really <laughs> okay. wasn't thinking of that. No, that, okay, but I'm totally not even thinking of the okay. right movie. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Sounds uh, So, her notable roles up to this point, she's already done The Horse Whisperer, The Man Who Wasn't There, Ghost World, Lost in Translation, Girl with a Pearl Earring, and The Prestige. Uh, so, she did not need this. Like, she was doing fine. Um, so, this was not like a, a pity thing at all. Uh, of course, you have to sign a multi year contract. So, uh, at the time, she was actually married to Deadpool himself, Mr. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Uh, and also, she's actually a, a very accomplished musician. Uh, a lot of times, the, you see, like you know, we, there's a, a running joke uh, online about Jeremy Renner and his band and stuff too. But she is really good. Uh, uh, she actually has a, one of my favorite all-time songs. is called "Relater." Uh, she did an album with Pete Yorn uh, called "Breakup."
2: Oh, it is. Is it under? Do they go by a different name? Uh,
0: I don't think so. I think it's just Pete Yorn and Scarlett Johansson. Like I guess Pete been- brother is her manager, and so he went. You two need to meet each other, and Ooh. so they end up making a great album. Uh, and I say so that that song is amazing. So check that out. Even that's a it's a fun little YouTube thing for you all to go out there and do because she really can sing. Uh, I only mention her age because Dolly's incredibly young, but also at the time Robert Downey Jr. was forty five, and so that makes this extra gross. <laughs> Gwyneth at the time was thirty seven, so. Having Tony and Pepper together is reasonable. I mean, Hollywood math, that's pretty good. 37 45, but 45
2: to mm-hmm. uh, 24.
0: And yet. I'm
1: going to reserve my comments till later in the minute. <laughs> okay. There's so, a reason. The
0: character of Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow, first appeared in Tales of Suspense number 52 <sighs> in April of 1964. She was created by Don Heck, Mr. Stan Lee, and Don Rico uh originally this role was going to be played by a different actress that you might know miss emily blunt she was actually uh on the short list she was actually going to sign with it and then fox said oh no wait you can't do iron man 2 you have to do gulliver's travels with jack black first oh and contractual obligations she did not get through the role that's up
2: there with uh, Doug Ray Scott having to pull yes, out of Wolverine. exactly because of Mission Impossible Two, <laughs> <laughs>
0: which, <laughs> which nobody, nobody remembers, him, remembers from. him from. No, yeah, <laughs>
2: also yeah. people remember him from Ever After yeah. more than they true. do Very true. Mission Impossible Two. Yeah,
0: so yeah, so it's one of those one of those almost happened. Emily Blunt, which I would say we've talked about this on on uh, other shows and stuff too. I think would would have been fantastic. I love Scarlett Johansson as as Black Widow, but so I don't ever want anyone to think that we think of her as an also ran because she still had to earn the part, oh, yeah. but I still think in an alternate universe, Emily Blunt's Black Widow is pretty freaking awesome. Mm-hmm.
2: I agree. The thing is, is that, um, and I have no issue with Scarlett Johansson at all as an actor. I have never really enjoyed her portrayal as Natasha, to be yeah. honest, because I felt like she was directed to chew her scenery and her words just a little too much. <laughs> Um, and it's really when I saw her in a marriage story that she did with Adam driver that I was like, this woman owns
0: the screen. Isn't that amazing? I have been thinking about a lot lately because I had sort of, uh, there's a couple actors that all of a sudden you see them in something and go, I did not know you had another level. Like for me, uh, I'll I'll say that my personal prejudice was Regina King. Like, I've seen Regina King and a bunch of stuff, and I went, okay, I get it. And then I saw her in Watchmen, and I'm like, I am an idiot. I had no idea that you had a whole nother set of gears below that. Yeah, it's the
2: it's when you find actors that have these amazing, amazing yeah. layers, and Scarlett Johansson is in that group.
0: She was kind of showing it before. And the directors that can bring it out. Right, them. It, but
2: the thing is also is that, and to circle back, though, Iron Man 2 is not the movie where you're going to have these beautiful, emotional, nuanced portrayals. And even when they do try to drop in those emotional moments, it's hard for an actor to change gears like that.
0: And Iron Man, the, the, the entire films, the three films are not the best place for women to really make a strong impression. They're just not designed for that. And I, I, what's
2: one of my things about this movie that I found so interesting is that to me, it showed Tony Stark at like his worst, you know, the alcoholic, the womanizer, The addict.
0: Yeah. So, so speaking of uh, of, of uh, very thinly drawn characters portrayed by fantastic actresses, let's go back to Pepper. So Pepper <laughs> says, "I promise this is the only time I will ask you to sign over your company." <laughs> so then, in the in the ring, we still have the the boys are still brawling, uh, even though that Tony Stark's eye has been caught by this this young intern legal notary i guess is what her official title is uh who's walked in and and so happy says never take your eye off and then gets punched in the face i I love that for happy you know happy thinks he's so cool yeah and
1: that yeah he can't and and we'll get payoff more on this later but yeah yeah.
0: exactly uh so then uh, tony calls from the thing he says what's your name lady which i was like hey that's a nice way to say that so not not girl not babe lady of course it's nice Tony Stark might be a cad. He might be a
2: womanizer. He might be all those mm-hmm. things. He does have actual manners. True. Very true.
0: <laughs> uh, so she <laughs> says, Rushman, Natalie Rushman, which is interesting because that actually is an alias from the comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Natalie Rushman character was a teacher, but uh, it still is nice that they actually used a real existing, um, uh, alias. I'm sorry
2: if you do not think the words hot for teacher did not just like travel through my head. Got it head. bad,
0: got it bad, got it, got bad. it bad, got it bad. <laughs> uh, so then uh, Tony says, front and center, come into the church, and he like holds up the, uh, the ropes. And then uh, this is what I think is this is this is a weird moment here. So Pepper says, No, you're seriously not going to ask her to. Uh, and then Tony cuts her off and says, If it pleases the court, which it does, and then Pepper just goes. I'm sorry. He's very eccentric. I'm like, way to stand up. Like, like, clearly something inappropriate is about to happen here. And she's, she's just like, used hey, to it. She no, knows. I mean, yeah, exactly. She, so she's shell shocked. She's weathered. She's beaten down. It's not shell shocked. It's not that. It's not that. And
2: and I say this as maybe this is as a woman who's worked for a lot of men, especially men that can be yes. impetuous. Ooh, please. Sometimes don't. you can here's the thing. You can lean in all you want and resist, 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 or you can like just let it happen. And it gets over with so much more quickly. The fallout tends to be so much less because you just have to mitigate the minor damages rather than the blow up that might've happened. Sorry. Can you tell, like I I do a lot of work with my therapist.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Men are terrible. (laughs) Men. It's not men. It's people, but whatever. (laughs)
1: Well, no. I think it's is also. It I mean, like in this, and I'm, I'm not. I'm going to slowly start to toe the line on, on not defending Tony, but I'm going to defend the entire storytelling here. Look, like, <laughs> she's okay. obviously right off the bat. You know that she is not who she says she is. I mean, yeah. we understand that. You knew this going into the movie, mm-hmm. right? Because you've seen it we, we sort of. We saw, start, we saw the I, trailer. I didn't. It's in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: didn't. I didn't. I kind of did, but I don't remember thinking. Oh, she's like I didn't know she was a shield operative because at the time I didn't know about like what shield really True. was.
1: Oh,
0: Again, gotcha.
2: not a comic character.
0: Gotcha. Okay. but and the trailer her. did show her in the in the in the superhero uniform right. flipping through the air. Right. So, so you knew right. there was did more. Did I know that she was all of that though?
1: No. Now, okay, no. Like I didn't know all right, of that right. She was, but here's, but here's what you get from this: from the moment she, she's she appears, she has a look. Mm-hmm of total control over the situation. Yes. I mean she acts it out perfectly without saying a word. She is in full mm-hmm. control of this. And amusingly, Tony and Happy are clearly not in control of the situation. And you can see that by their faces, their glances they give to each other. Tony's dead stare of what is this? Because he doesn't know how to re- he doesn't know how to, how to react to this. And here it comes to the scene where, one, she just very coolly just hands it over to Pepper. Pepper saying all this stuff. She's nonplussed by any of this because she is on a mission. When when Pepper's saying all this, she's just like, no, I got this. And here's the part where, I mean, this is kind of ridiculous. When he opens the ropes for her, she does a Stacy Keebler. For those of you who are not <laughs> wrestling fans, you don't know who Stacey Keebler is. Yes. Stacy. Okay, Stacey Kuebler, American actress. She was in WC, uh, WCW, World Championship Wrestling, and World Wrestling
0: Entertainment. She was Miss Hancock originally? Yeah, Miss
1: Hancock when she was yeah. with Standards and Practices, and they did a whole bunch of different <laughs> things with her. Let, let me just say, when she was on Dancing with the Stars, uh, Bruno uh, Tonioli, who was one of the judges, nicknamed, nicknamed her the Weapon of Mass Seduction. <laughs> All right, now, this is that's her deal. Oh, yeah, that's her, that's her thing. She dated George Clooney for a while, right? Yada, yeah. yada, yada. Yeah. Well, legs when she was her thing. She right, her did legs. Her, that was her thing. Extraordinarily long leg. When she would enter the wrestling rings, she did this. The only reason that you would enter a wrestling ring or go through ropes like this, and what I mean is, is by no not bending your knees, doing this full arch of your back, right? Your backside, you're, you're doing this all pro- provocatively. She's doing this because she's like, yeah, my job here. Is to totally disrupt what's going on here and find out everything I can about you. So is it horrible? Of course. But does it have purpose for her job? Absolutely. Completely and totally. You mean like it's my job to seduce you, get
2: what I need and then bite your
1: head off? That's exactly her. That is
0: exactly her job. I can't imagine where they R- come up with hate right? <laughs> Spiders. I hate spiders. No, I, don't, I don't have a problem with Natasha. Like, oh. I mean, like, Natasha is, like, like as, as she comes in, she is 100% cool, calm, oh, yeah. collected. She's doing exactly what she's supposed to do, which is she's dressed so that she looks like a business professional, but also still beautiful. Provocative, Provocative like she, right? I mean, no, she like, she's done her hair. She's done her makeup. Right. Like, I mean, this is the part that she's doing because she knows. And Nick Fury knows right. this is the way to get in close with Tony Stark. That's like, there's a reason why Clint Barton wasn't sent in to become the new assistant. But see, I think it's also... 100%. Well, 100%. And I also think it's even more than that. I
1: think her role here was not just to get into Tony's head. I think it was also getting to Pepper's head. Really? Yes. Absolutely. Yes.
0: Explain that to me because yes. I don't see well,
1: well, we won't in this minute, but in the next oh, minute, okay. spoiler... <laughs> There's a little bit of jealousy that we will see.
2: 100%. Yes. 100%. The, yeah, I a thousand percent agree with Rob. She wants to be completely efficient, and that is demonstrated by there are some scenes later on with Pepper where she's like, How can I help you? Like a very good assistant would yes. be. Um, and when they work together, they work amazingly well together, but there is very much Pepper is looking at somebody who is 13 years younger. Mm, right. And when I was, I mean, this is completely sexist, and I will say it and I will own it. When you see Scarlett Johansson walking from the back, and you can edit this out if you want,
0: all I can think of is badass. Though, <laughs> well, I mean, we all saw Lost in Translation, right? And I, we know what the well, first shot but, of you know, that movie is, and there's a reason.
2: Right, she's got a very voluptuous body. But what's very funny to me is one of the things I thought of is that that's not the Scarlett Johansson that jumped off the rock or jumped off that cliff in exactly. Anyway. She's probably lost like 15 pounds and toned up considerably from doing Iron Man 2 to doing Endgame. I I I was kind of like, it's kind of like how you watch Jennifer Aniston change, mm-hmm. or Sarah you know, the pressure on young, right? And the pressure on, and I think a lot about the pressure on young yeah. actors, especially yes. women, to. If you watch the
0: first season of Dark Angel and the second season of Dark Angel, you'll see Jessica Alba be put into the Hollywood machine. If you watch the first season of Buffy and the second season of Buffy, Mm -hmm. you'll see the difference when when Hollywood gets their hands on them and suddenly everything becomes tighter and toned. Right, have you tried gluten-free? It goes (laughs) right back to to Knocked Up. Tighter? Can you just... Tighter. tighten, tighten, tighten? So, I mean, no, but but I
1: get what this, no, and and I get, no, and that's a, that's a really great point, which again, we'll talk a little bit more about in the next minute. But what I see here is, is I just see a character who is on a mission yes, and that she's doing everything she can to do this. And then it's just, as the minute ends here, we have Tony drinking from his Dick's water bottle in case you're wondering where the opening was from. Yes. he's you can tell his gears are turning in overdrive trying to figure this out
0: so okay so my my issue with this these these minutes which i think these are probably the three worst minutes in this movie uh is not with natasha and it's but it's like it's 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 filmmaking wise but in this is what is the decision here to make tony stark leader of the movie title character as gross and weird as possible
1: vulnerable it's
0: vulnerable. vulnerable Yeah. Like I mean, like I I don't this is not a judgment thing. I'm I'm literally asking because like he is so gross in this thing. Cause like they have they introduce her and she's like pristine. Like, you know, like she like not a hair out of place. Right. And then they cut to Tony well, and he's hood up, sweaty, nasty, drinking chlorophyll. And it's like And sneering. Why? And why? sneering. You forgot the sneering. And sneering, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And lecherous. And it's it's very Yeah.
2: And it's very funny to me because again, I I look at, I have to wonder if Jon Favreau had to like do this movie again, Mm -hmm. like what choices would he have made different? But I do think one thing is, like I said, is I think that Iron Man 2 was all about making Tony Stark, the Tony Stark of the comics that was like
0: the gross guy. I mean, this is this is as close as we'll, we'll ever get to Demon in a Bottle. So, I mean, like, this is, w- without them being able to do that. So, I mean, like, he has to be at his worst. And he is through this thing. And so, like, this actually can see it. It's just strange to me that it's not like he's not rocky in this one, where he's, like, glistening and his muscles are, I mean, like, he's literally just, like, weird homeless guy Look,
2: Right. It's very funny because, um, and I don't know if I'm jumping forward a little too much, when he goes and sits down with
0: Pepper. Mm, yeah, it's in, yeah
2: and that exchange between the two of them, there's a, I, I want to know if that was a director's note or if oh, that was an acting choice
0: when he crosses. Yes, we're going to, we're going to talk right. about
1: that in the next yeah. minute. Yeah.
0: Well, because like literally on okay. that, on that shot of, of Tony looking disgusting, that is where the, this minute comes to an end. Okay. <laughs> now can I, okay. And, and I'm
1: just going to make another point though, is we also don't forget the headline of what this few minutes is. He's signing over the company. Yes. He's, it, there's a part of him inside that just died or is dying. <laughs> no, I'm, mean, and I really do honestly believe that I can accept this in the character. He's this is a gross part of him because he's doing something that he never intended to do. He never. In, but he's, he's doing, doing it. it and, he, and he's doing it because he knows it's the right thing to do. But he's also dying. Mm-hmm. And there's a grossness to that. I'm sure to that experience. I'm o- I'm OK with this, Tony, because, again, the hero's journey, the full journey. <gasps> oh. I'm OK with this. I'm okay with this fall.
2: So I totally understand why you said it's a vulnerable. It's a vulnerability.
1: That's exactly right. That's, Oh, that's where I've been going into. This is he's, he's, this is where he finally gets to sign it over. Yeah. He, he celebrated it. Yeah. He's thought about it. Now he's got to put a signature on the line and it's real.
2: Right. And it's like, it's the right decision. Right. And it's also the, it's the right decision on a hundred different right. levels. Once you have to execute it, it sucks.
0: See Kyle. Huh? Mm-hmm. Huh? Better. Well, I was just thinking, if, if you're tired of looking gross and weird, uh, maybe you should uh, buy some Next Real merchandise. Oh, what? <laughs> We've got shirts. We've got hats. We've got masks with our faces on them. You can put our face on your face and do it in a hygienic way. No and hoodies, And every time though. you buy a mask, no. then we donate a mask to a frontline worker, too. It, oh. You go to nextreel.com slash merch, and all of our stuff is there. No hoodies, though and no, no water bottles
1: so that you don't reenact this <laughs> no. scene because we don't want you doing that.
0: No, we definitely don't want that. No, not with our so, stuff. Uh, we will... That's what God invented. This, this discussion will continue on uh, as we cross into minute 25. So make sure you stay subscribed and do not miss it. Enough said. Bye.